If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with, like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills and those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have an expert on our show who works only with STEM professionals. And I have a hunch that many of you who are listening to this show happen to lean in that direction, which is wonderful because we need people like you to keep the planet going. But he teaches people who are STEM professionals how to have confidence, how to talk to women, how to flirt with women, how to escalate with everything. He teaches it and breaks it down in a logical way so that not only you can understand it, but you can do it as well. So keep listening. Women podcast. You made it back to another episode. Welcome. It's going to be quite a treat, not just because Marnie and I are on as usual. I'm Kristen Carney, of course, one of your hosts, Marnie Kinris as well. But we have Mike Paklinak. Pakinak. Pak. God damn. <laughs> it's hard. You know, every time I hear your last name, I think it's a knickknack, paddywhack, give you dog a bone. Like, it, oh, you know no. what, guys? Sorry. I'm going to do that one more time. No, no, no. Let me do it. Do I like that. it. Let me know. Let me do it one more time because it's like, I feel embarrassed for how many times I fuck up names. So let me just do that one more no, time. No, I think it's good. Just no, we're, no. We're, we're teaching about moving on when you mess up. That's the whole thing. You have to be okay with moving on when you mess up because you're going to do an amazing job afterwards. You have to own your flaws and your flubs. So I always I own them. Like I own them too much. Well, too okay, then that's why, you're so, that's why you're so confident. That's why you're awesome. And that's why Mike Knickknack Paddywhack is on our show. <laughs> I'm going to say it right. Maca Pinlack. Like Pinlack, right? Ah, okay. So yeah. it's almost like I have a self-defeating behavior, which I think other guys or guys listening can relate to. But let me just say first, before we talk more about my neuroses, Mike is the <laughs> owner and the founder of socialconfidencemastery.com, which helps STEM professionals with their social skills. And before we started this, I had to Google STEM professional, which I should have known what that meant. Science, and technology. Yeah, yeah, you know it. Well, <laughs> yeah. you don't have kids in school anymore, so maybe that's or anymore. Well, no, you don't I'm have just kids slow. in school. I'm a slow person. Maybe. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm, that was cool. 
to find out. <laughs> but I, but Mike, I, I want to, uh, first of all, I want to hear why this niche, I mean, I know why this niche, but I want to know from your <laughs> point of view, like, were you a STEM child? Are you a, like, h- how did this come about that STEM you are child? specializing, <laughs> that you are specializing and working with these guys? Because obviously that's yeah, you. exactly. Or it was you, or it is you. Yes. So first of all, great job on yeah. pronouncing my last name. You definitely nail it on the second try. Thank yes. you. So yeah, awesome. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, a lot of people had difficulty saying it. So you're not the first, don't worry. But yeah, to answer your question, Marnie, you know, the whole thing got started when, well, my journey started back when I was 17. So I was born in, I was born in a small farm back in the Philippines and then grew up in Saudi Arabia. So if you know anything about both those two countries, wow. they're like, you know, like culturally, they're very conservative, right? Like back in Saudi you know, we like there was no dating, you know, just because of yeah. the, the Muslim culture. It's different there. And I've, I've never, I've never heard that term back in Saudi. That's amazing. That's the first time I've ever oh, heard that. Yeah. You know, like back in the hood, <laughs> back in Saudi. Amazing. Yeah. And because of my environment, you know, like I didn't really learn all these skills, right. That other kids in North America learned like, you know, social skills, making friends, that kind of stuff. And I, and I also grew up in a very traditional Asian family where both my parents were like, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, and you'll be successful. So that was like my operating system growing up, you know, as a young kid, right? So when I moved to North America, Canada specifically, I was just going through the motion. You know, I went to school, got good grades, graduated early, got a job at an engineering company. And it's funny because at that point, I I felt like I've checked off all the boxes, right? You know, I literally followed exactly what my parents told me. And there I was still feeling lonely, and, you know, like socially inept. And then I realized that, yes, going to school, getting good grades, getting a good job, you know, that made me professionally successful. I also skipped the part where I had to learn all these other skill sets, which is, you know, connecting with people, making friends, you know, getting dates. Those are different skill sets too. So, so that's kind of what started my journey back in the day. I wanted to learn these skills for myself just because I didn't know how to connect with people. I felt lonely. I was at home on, on weekends, not because I wanted to, but because I didn't have anyone to go out with. And my dating life was, you know, non-existent as well. So I wanted to learn these skills to solve my own issues. And then I later on, I discovered that other STEM professionals were going through the same struggles. And that's when I decided to start the company. Amazing. Can I, can I ask a question? It might be an inappropriate question, but I think it's a very appropriate question. Okay. So I'm going to ask, you are from the Philippines. You're from Saudi Arabia. Like you look different. Actually in Canada, you probably don't look different from a lot of people, but a lot of people write in with the belief in their system that if they're not white, if they are not fit, if they are not rich, they cannot date. And I, I just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. Like your honest thoughts. I yeah, no, know. I had, I had the exact same belief. So when I, when I moved to Canada, Obviously, I was different, right? You know, I was one of the very few Asian kids in my school. And I noticed that, you know, all the pretty girls were like going after like a specific look, right? You know, the buff, white, blonde, blue eyes type of dude. And yeah, for a long time, I really felt insecure about my ethnicity. You know, I, I wanted to be different. Not to mention... I'm way below average height in North America, which is 5'9". I'm only 5'5". So I suffered through a lot of self-defeating thoughts when I was younger. And it wasn't until like later on, I realized that I also have positive traits and I I get exactly what I focus on more and to not compare myself to other people. But yeah, you know, I, depending on your upbringing. So like in my case, like, again, you know, focusing on academic success was like a huge thing. And, you know, like any personal development work was never taught by my parents to me and because they, they, they didn't know any better. Right. So yeah, I, I 
right. went through the same insecurities for sure. And how did you, well, I guess you're going to tell me about how you changed that, but which one came first or did they, as everything go hand in hand, the work that you have done for yourself that you're now teaching to other people? Yeah. Was that a component of it? Which one specifically, like as far as reframing limiting beliefs and raising your your self-esteem and improving your self-image? Yeah, definitely, for sure. So yeah, like when I got started, my first step into personal development was getting in shape. So so I guess I kind of skipped this part. You know, back then too, I used to be like really fat. I was like, at 5'5", I weighed 200 pounds and I had... Oh my goodness. Yeah, I had a 36-inch waist. I was huge when I was younger. Wow. Yeah, and you know, bad acne. Let's just say I I wasn't blessed with a lot of natural things growing up. Yeah, you do not look like that now. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, if you Google online, I'm sure you'll find like an, an older picture of me when <laughs> my before picture back in the day. But uh, yeah, my first step into personal development was getting in shape. Right, you know, I started working out. I lost all the weight, stuff like that. So that's when I started noticing that, like, oh, like girls were checking me out, you know, and and you know, like guys seem more interested to like include me in their plans and and hang out with me and stuff. And then, um, you know, like back then, obviously, like you know. When you have an when you have an issue, you go to Google, right? So I t- started Googling like how to meet girls, how to make friends, stuff like that. And the game the game was like really popular when I got started. So that was like my first like introduction to like learning social skills, which wasn't the best because like I f- I thought I had to be somebody else and and like rehash these stories that other people were teaching in the book and stuff like that. And then. That's when I just felt off, you know, like going to clubs. It wasn't really me. I'm kind of a morning person. And then I left that industry and, you know, kind of went down into a more spiritual journey, so to speak. And I also lived in Vancouver at some point, And it's a very like woo-woo city, right? Yeah. I want to interrupt you for one second. Do you, do you think that like, I mean, obviously now because, you know, you're creating your own system for this, but like, it is kind of true that maybe 10 years ago, the space for dating advice or confidence advice for men was very limited. It really just was, okay, you have to dress like this. You have to go to clubs. You have to get girls here. Like there wasn't a, if you're really into health, you can go other places. If you're really, that's so interesting because I didn't even think about it that way. But yeah, that's, that's, and I want to like, reinforce that right now if people are still of that belief system that like you can be who you want to be people write to me all the time saying i don't like going to bars i don't like going to clubs like i'm never going to meet a girl I'm like oh my god i haven't been to a bar or a club in <laughs> five years and i've been everywhere else and there's tons of single people like there's a million exactly. other spaces and places yeah yeah, yeah i want to i want to hone that in yeah Totally. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying, I, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of different types of personal development. So like, you know, like reading the game back in the day, going on a more spiritual path. And then also when I started my podcast, you know, I had an opportunity to interview, including you, Marnie, you know, like over a hundred experts in this space, right? And and once you've talked to enough of the same people, later on, a pattern started to emerge. And I started, you know, implementing those things for myself. Plus, I've also worked with other coaches to better myself as well. And then I noticed that, you know, like a more holistic approach really is the best way to improve your social confidence. Because, you know, like if you want to have a great relationship with other people, whether it's friends or a significant other or people in your workplace, you need to have a great relationship with yourself first. And that starts with the way you talk to yourself, right? That's why I'm such a big proponent with teaching my clients, you know, like understanding the way they, the the language that they use when they speak to themselves. Is it empowering? Is it disempowering? And then changing that, developing self-compassion, all those things. So yeah, that's a big part of the coaching program that I teach now. Which makes complete sense. Well, so let me ask you a question because, so when I think of 
stem. I think of a certain type of brain and how they process information. And sometimes people with with that brain that leans towards that direction, which is a wonderful direction because the world would not exist now if we didn't have that direction, yeah. th- th- can be a little bit more limited on the social side. So yes. how, how like you're talking about really spiritual stuff and like emotions and like that's yeah. a very fluid concept. Whereas for me, at least my perception is that logical thinkers are leaning more towards STEM. So like A plus B equals C. So so can you give a couple examples of like how how you teach those nuances. Yes. Like, for example, if you're teaching people how to reframe how they think about themselves and speak about themselves, what is the process of you teaching them to do that so that it makes sense to those people? That's a great question. That's a great question. And you're right. You know, like the guys that I work with tend to be very logical, like one plus one equals two, you know, like that kind of stuff. So to yeah. me, it's about the way you explain things to them, right? And I learned this very early on when I interned for an old company back in the day, plus I had some NLP training too, I always relate these foreign concepts with things that they know a lot about, right? So for example, let's say we're talking about beliefs. I just ask them questions like, you know, have you been in a situation where you wanted to, let's say you're in a coffee shop and then there was someone you were interested in approaching, but then you didn't, you know, like, have you ever been in that situation? Obviously my students would say yes. And now I ask them like, what's that, what's that, voice inside of your head it's telling you and then i'm not good enough you know i'm gonna bother her stuff like that so so i'm like oh so that's called your limiting belief right and it's just the way that you've programmed your mind to be able to make sense of things oh and they must be like they're so into like let's reprogram they're like i get it (laughs) exactly (laughs) so yeah yeah so a lot of examples and asking them like situations like like you know a car like i use a lot of car analogy when i work with people just because like everyone's most people have driven a car and then, um, you know, it's something that they know a lot about. So I always relate foreign, like kind of like what you said, like fluid concepts, like spirituality and self-image into something more tangible. And I yeah. always say like, oh, it's kind of like that. It, it's similar to that. So that's when they have their aha moments. I love that. Yeah. So I actually do, Mike and I didn't get a chance to chat too much before, but I was about to tell Mike a little bit about what I do also, but I do something somewhat similar to you, Mike, and I teach guys how to banter and have bigger personality. Mm, Great. And right now I'm working with a guy who's an engineer. He's so Mm -hmm. focused on just information exchanging. You know, this is what I do. And so I always talk to him about trying to understand like the concept of feeling information rather than just giving information. And Because so many women want to feel things. And I find that the STEM guys seem to not understand that idea of feeling. They understand the idea Mm -hmm. of information being exchanged and like things having a value. And they don't really place value on emotions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I noticed that this one, one guy seemed to define himself by basically his hobbies or who he was. So he would say, I am, and it wasn't spiritual at all. He would say, I am, like on his profile, he would say, I am a foodie, a learner, a hiker. He would give himself traits based on just the hobby alone rather than knowing who he actually really, really was. You know, it's like, you're not your hobbies. Mm -hmm. You're separate from your hobbies. Your hobbies make you fuller and give you more of a well-rounded life, but that's not who you are. So... Mm -hmm. What do you normally do mm-hmm. to get them in touch with who they are outside of this 
engineer, this guy who hikes a lot or goes to the gym? Do you ever have them like get in touch with? Well, but you're saying, how do you grasp the concept of feeling? Yes, exactly. Like that's basically what you're asking. It's like to be able to feel you and feel that other person. That's a great question. So 99% of students that have taken my program, they all don't meditate, right? So they're always just in their heads. You know, they kind of, you know, like run with the first thought that comes into their head. They they don't know how to question things and stuff like that. So like a a big thing that I get them to do from the very beginning is to just like slow down their thoughts so they, they can actually separate you know, like themselves and, and what they're thinking, like they're not what they're thinking. And they're able to like kind of question the thoughts. Cause as you know, like your, your thoughts determine your emotions, right? So by helping these types of guys in particular to like create that separation from who they are and what they're thinking, now they're able to like have that choice, you know, like, do I want to keep thinking this way or do I want to think another way? Right. So just by, by, you know, like explaining to them, like your emotions come from your thoughts and the more in control you can be with your thoughts. And the first step to be in control of your thoughts is to be able to separate yourself from your thoughts. Then you're, now they have a choice, right. On what they want to think, which therefore leads to what they want to feel instead. Right. Right. That makes so much sense. I like that. So I just put out a a visualization program where it's funny because like exactly what you're saying, like it paints the picture on how to feel like I'm not saying this properly, but in the program, you are sort of in a meditative state. You're picturing things outside of what's in front of you. So like the logical things in front of you, and you're using your imagination to create these visuals for you. And in turn, you feel something. And actually in the visualization program, it walks you through how you feel so that, so that people can actually identify what those feelings are. And I think like, even like what you're saying is really just giving people a space to not be focusing on the real life and on the reality in front of them. It's for, it's to give them that space to sort of take their brain out of that equation and let them be immersed in their feelings. And I think that that's wonderful. And if, I mean, if anybody does want to go check out the visualization program, I highly suggest that you do. I totally forget the link for it, but I will find it out shortly and I'll, I'll share that with you. Sorry, the, I have like a masked link for it, but I can show it. I can tell you what that is in a few seconds, but I think it's really essential. And it's funny because I didn't think that you were going to go in that direction. I thought you were going to give a very formulaic way for people to like sort of flub the emotions. But I I think that that's an an excellent tool that you're providing to guys who, yeah, may not be able to access those emotions or at least identify them. Yeah. Well, the thing with logical guys, from my experience, you know, like being one of them too, and also working with lots of them in the past, their brains are trained to think in a very specific way. So I figured if I teach social skills in a way that they naturally think, then they're going to learn it faster, right? That's why, you know, my program is called the Social Confidence Blueprint. So when they hear hear like blueprint, they're like, oh, it's step by step. It's a logical, you know, sequence. I can follow it, you know, like, you know, connect the dots type of thing. Yeah, which is wonderful. So that link is winggirlmethod.com slash visualization dash mastery. We're going to take a quick break and then we are going to come back with Mike Knickknack Paddywhack. We'll be back in a second. Do you need a break? I actually am on a break right now. I'm on vacation and it feels wonderful. I'm in Mexico in the beautiful Cancun. But if you can't get somewhere like Cancun, you know how you can get a break from all of that monotony, the to-do list, all of that stuff? Dipsy. Dipsy can help you focus on something more pleasurable than whatever is on that list. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you and your lady on to help you get in touch with both yourself and your partner. 
The stories are relatable and immersive, and there's something for everyone, whoever and whatever you're into. They add new content every week, so it never gets boring. And the guided sessions can help you unlock new confidence and heighten intimacy. Confidence, fellas, confidence. And for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash askwomen. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash askwomen. Dipsystories.com slash askwomen. So Marnie and I saw each other in person for the first time in a while recently, and she looked great. It was awesome to see her. I looked better. I'm just kidding. She looked great. And one of the first things that I noticed was this beautiful bracelet that she had on her wrist. And I'm not saying that because I'm reading an ad. Legitimately, I asked her where she got it. And she said, oh, this is the bracelet from a jury. And I instantly went, gah, I want my ring because they're sending me a ring. Their stuff is so awesome and beautiful. And you can get the lady in your life the exact same jewelry that Marnie and I are wearing. And it's not expensive. It looks expensive, but it's high quality. It's stuff you don't have to take off when you're doing the dishes or anything because it's such good quality. And you can get it with a discount from us. And I think you should because whatever lady is in your life, it doesn't matter if she's in her early 20s, if she's 90, she will love it. Head to majuri.com slash askwomen for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I.com slash askwomen for 10% off your first order. All right, we are back. Mike, thank you so much for sharing about that meditation tool that you use because I do think it's so important. One thing I wanted to ask you was, are you, like you just said before, you were a logical, th- or you are a logical thinker, but did do you categorize yourself as one of those, a STEM brain? Because it doesn't really sound like you are. Like, like I've, I've talked to other people who are like, yeah, I'm an engineer and I couldn't really understand how to do this. And then, yeah, I wanted to teach other guys because I understood how to do it. It doesn't sound like that's actually who you were. So how, unless I'm wrong, how, how do you actually like, how do you relate to these guys? Like, how do you fully understand how their brain is working to be able to advise them? For sure. So kind of like what I mentioned earlier, you know, I did work in that industry on and off for about seven years. So like I understand their day-to-day situation. I, I know for a fact that they're not paid to be charismatic right. or social, so to speak. They're, they're paid based on their intelligence and they spend a lot of their time sitting in front of a computer. And, you know, just like with anything, right? You know, you, you don't use it, you lose it. So they're not really paid to socialize. The only time they get to talk to their coworkers is when they have uh, a work-related question. And then what? Out of the blue, like when happy hour hits, they're just expected to be like Mr. Social and Charismatic right. when they when they don't have the awareness and the, the, the experience. You know, like it's a little bit unfair, right? Plus we live in a society where you know, like people just expect men to to be social and confident when, you know, that's not really like a skill that's, you know, maybe some people are born with it, but for the most part, it's something yes. learned. And the same way that they learn the fundamentals of engineering and programming, they can also learn the fundamentals of being socially confident. Yeah, that's very true. So what what would you say is the, the first key thing? Well, actually, you talked about that, about like limiting beliefs, but the first key thing to teach men when it comes to flirting and getting out of this shell to be more charismatic. Like, yes, you have to wipe away these limiting beliefs so that you can actually allow yourself to project who you are. But what's the next step after that? How do they actually learn these skill sets that they weren't taught? 
ever. Yeah, for sure. So a big thing that I noticed too with STEM professionals, especially men that I work with in the past, they tend to be, they tend to focus on their negative traits and that's why they always feel bad, right? They tend to be like very type A perfectionists. They don't have a lot of self-compassion. So when they make mistakes, you know, let's say they do 10 things, right? They do nine things correct and they make one mistake one mistake they will ruminate and replay that one mistake over and over again so the well, other thing I'm that a stem i teach them is <laughs> I to do that too <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm not, i, I I'm know not sure. <laughs> so a big thing that Sorry, I, I made you lose your train of thought no worries I, a big thing that i teach them is uh you know like really seeing themselves in a more positive light so like you know a, a, another exercise that i teach my clients is you know like coming up with things that they like about themselves because uh, you know after a week because they're so focused on like finding fault with who they are mm-hmm. and what they've done in the past. Just like, you know, that simple exercise of shifting the way they think from like, they're a low value person to like, oh, look at all these things that that's good about me. And it's good about my life. You know, they start to feel good about who they are. And as you know, with, you know, flirting and bantering, you know, like a big part of that is feeling relaxed, right? And trusting that what you're going to say is going to land and it's going to be funny, right? Your delivery is going to be on point. You know, you trust that whatever you know, thought or thing you're going to say is going to, is going to resonate with people. That's a big part of that. Don't you agree? Yes. So you have to feel good about yourself first, because if you don't feel good about yourself, you're going to say the joke or you're going to, you know, like uh, try to banter, but then you're expecting a reaction from people. And if it doesn't land, then your self-esteem just gets crushed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a hundred percent true. That's how it would work. I love this. So, so saying wonderful things about yourself, listening to the good news instead of the bad news, which people tend to hyper-focus on, which makes complete sense. And so then after that, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm like giving away all your goodies, but I want to hear something like really tangible that no, like guys can do right now if they for are... Flirting? Yeah, for flirting. I want to hear like how you tell them to talk mm-hmm. to women in a way that is not robotic or, you know, oversharing about their thesis about something like, how do you help them? (laughs) Yeah. Just like, do you, are they, are they able to talk about their passions, which could be science and math and video games or are are those things off limits from, from your point of view? Yeah. So I'm going to give, you know, like two tangible tips here. So number one would be storytelling. And then the second one would be flirting. Is that, is that cool? Yes, please, please, please. Let's do it. So a big thing that I teach my clients is that, again, with conversation, it's just like writing an exam, right? You know, like I, the, the example that I always give is if they've ever written an exam that they didn't study for, naturally, they're going to feel anxious, you know, sweaty palms, you know, heart beating fast, stuff like that. But then if they've written an exam that they did study for, you know, they're excited, they're more confident, they're more relaxed. And, and the same thing goes with conversation, you know, kind of like what was mentioned earlier, most STEM professionals tend to talk in a very logical way, right? Like this happened and this happened and this happened. So by encouraging them to prepare their stories in advance and really like in the grand scheme of things, there's only five topics of conversation that gets talked about for the most part, right? You know, people are going to ask you about your work. They're going to ask you about your family and upbringing. They're going to ask you about your travels and events you've attended. They're going to ask you about what you do for fun. And they're going to ask you about your passions, you know, your passions and ambitions. So now they know they're like, okay, you know, I'm going to be quote unquote 
tested on the on these topics. So now they can, you know, create the space throughout the week or the next couple of weeks to be like, you know, what are some interesting things that I've done in the past? Why do I do what I do? What interesting countries have I visited? What fun events have I attended? So by creating that space throughout the week to prepare their stories ahead of time and then following, you know, like a specific storytelling format, right? You know, the, the setup, the content, the resolution. And as they write out their stories, you know, like adding sensory words, right? What did you see? What did, what did you feel? What did you hear? That kind of stuff. It makes their story more engaging. So at that point, you know, like obviously they're, they're not going to, you know, <laughs> pull up their sheet of paper and be like, one second, <laughs> let me pull up this story real quick. But because they, they, they prepare their stories the same way that they write an exam, it, it would be a lot easier for them to access the story because they prepared it ahead of time, right? And then as far as flirting is concerned, the other thing that I teach them is, and I learned this from another friend, so he gets credit for this. I'm just regurgitating his teachings. It's called trigger words. So for yeah, example- Yeah, I'm, I'm going to regurgitate your teachings as well because I think this is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you. So my uh, my friend, Joe Ducard, I'm just going to credit him for this technique. It's called trigger words. So a big thing that he taught me as far as flirting is concerned is you come up with like themes, right? So like when I was learning this, I was in Austin, Texas. So he asked me to get a sheet of paper and I put down, okay, like I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to flirt with girls. So so he's like, oh, wh- what are things that you're going to talk about? So I put down like Asian, because that's me. I put down Austin, because I'm in Austin. And I put down Canada, because that's where I'm from. So now he's like, well, what are some things about, you know, Asians and Austin and Canada that you can think of? So under Asian, I put like, Tiger mom or good with math, right? Or like hardworking or half Asian kids, whatever. And in Canada, you know, free healthcare, bacon, Canadian bacon, you know, snow. And in Austin, it's like... Kristen is just thinking of all of like... The rude comments that she can make about, right? Is that what you're going? (laughs) No, no, I'm just thinking like in in her list, she would write down everything that's kind of funny about Asians, Canadians, like Austin. Like she's just thinking of anything snarky she could say. But yeah, but it's true. You're like, you're putting these things down ahead of time. So they're they're a quick recall for you. Yeah. And then you anticipate the questions you're going to get asked. And then you come up with a fun answer based on those things things that you wrote down, right? So. Yeah, those are like really easy, tangible ways that guys can like do today. And now they can flirt in a way that's authentic to them because they came up with like their own, you know, like themes and they can come up with their own trigger words. And then all they have to do is get inspiration from that sheet of paper they're looking at and anticipate all the questions you're going to get asked, right? And prepare some fun answers. Totally stealing this from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But what can you tell them to not get so zoned in and focused on those talking points that they, if they happen to go off script, that they don't get screwed up. How do you teach them to not get freaked out if it doesn't happen to go the way that their conversation had been planned in their head? Yeah. So I noticed that, again, just working with these guys specifically, the exam analogy really hits home with them because, you know, like they, they're very academic. So they've written many, many exams in the past and they all know that you can only... You can only study so much. Once you enter the exam room, you know, in this case, like the networking event or like the date or like, you know, the the bar or whatever, you have to let things go. You've done everything you could to study, so to speak, right? At this point, you just have to let things go. And then after the social outing, make notes, right? And then, and then from then on, like you can analyze like what happened, where you messed up and then try again. So I think the, like the exam analogy, like, it makes sense to them as far as like socializing and flirting are both concerned. I absolutely love that. I think that's awesome. Okay, let's go to flirting now. So like, how do we, how do we flirt? 
Oh, I, I thought I just gave some flirting tips. Do oh, sorry. I did. Yeah, sorry. I, you were talking about like conversation and stuff, but yeah, I want more oh, for flirting, sure. Yeah, tri- tri- yeah, tri- so, yeah, trigger words for sure would be for flirting. And then, uh, yeah, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, just like anticipate all the questions you're going to get asked when you're out. And then the thing with flirting is that, you know, like I think a lot of guys, they tend to overdo it. And the analogy that I always give is like, you know, flirting is like spices, right? You know, you, you, you got your steak, you got your potato, which is like your regular conversation. And, and you know, you're going to get away with it, but it's going to be bland, right? So you want to sprinkle it with some banter, some flirting. So flirting is just one of those things that I tell my guys that you just want to sprinkle. You don't want to overdo it because at the end of the day, like you're talking to a human being, like they want a real connection. They want to, they want to get to know like yeah. who you are, but not like the boring, you know, version of you. Like you want to, you want to put like the unfiltered, authentic, you know, like version of you. And, you know, obviously like when you're flirting and you're bantering, right? Like it, it just kind of light, lightens up the mood. Cause I think with STEM guys, they tend to be so serious, right? So by, you know, injecting some humor into their conversation, then yeah, everything, er- everybody has a good time. They laugh, the other person laughs and it's a, it's an enjoyable experience. I absolutely love that. I think it's awesome. These are really, really wonderful tips because they're, they're broken down into ways that people can understand. Anybody can understand. It's not just like anybody who has like more of a STEM brain. It's anybody can understand these concepts because you have these visuals of like seasoning a steak and you have <laughs> things that you can prepare. Like, I mean, I, I teach a lot of these things too. You know, I talk about having mission statements and having like five things that are going on in your life right now yeah. that you're working on and you like write down a topic a night about the whole process of things you've learned, things you're doing, that like, and just like have all that there and prepare before so that you're not locked up when you are talking to a really pretty girl. If you have nothing prepared, then you're going to scramble for something. You're going to get down on yourself. You're going to have an empty head and it's not going to work. But if you prepare before, you got something at least that you can latch on to in a moment of panic. So exactly. I, I think that these are, these are fantastic ideas. Yes. And let me add to this mix. So I agree with everything that's just been said. However, I think being able to speak to the room and the situation that you're in is really, really important. So you can go in with your talking points and trigger words and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's really important that STEM guys also learn how to take in the moment observe what's happening, and then relate that in conversation because that's a lot of the time an entryway into a natural organic conversation. So if it's really, really hot in the room, be comfortable being like, wow, it's really hot in here. Can you see my pit stains? Just going with what is actually happening at the moment. So I think in addition to preparing all of those things, but those are also very logical things, right? Those are easy things to do because they're logical. It's like, oh God, it's really hot in here or, oh God, it's really busy in here. Or, and I think having that other practice. Definitely. But a lot of the time, I think guys go into a situation with women or at a networking kind of event with, okay, this is what I'm going to say, even though it may not pertain to the situation we're in and the moment right. at hand, I'm going to crowbar in all this list about myself. If you can open the conversation... Right, because it works. Because I know it right. works. So if you can open the conversation in a more organic way where you, you're starting with what's going on in the exact scenario, then segueing into those things that you have in your back pocket is a really good way to be natural, but also get in what you feel comfortable getting into the conversation. Yeah, 100%. I totally hear you. I totally agree with that for sure. And, and you know, like you, you definitely like nail it in the head when you said that. Because yeah, at the end of the day, like it's about, it's about calibrating, right? Calibrating to the situation. And, and it's one of those things that like, 
instructor, so to speak, we can only explain so much, right? But until you're out there and you and you gather social experiences, you know, like that's when you kind of develop your sixth sense, so to speak. So I think like, you know, the advice that I give at least to my students, you know, I, it's just training wheels, right? You know, they feel confident. They they know that in their heads are like, oh, I, I'm not going to run out of things to say, right? So at that point, just because it, it, the fact that they know that if they run out of things to say, they have something to say, they feel more relaxed. And at that point, like once they have enough social experiences, then you're so right. You know, at that point, they can just calibrate to what's happening in the situation and they're able to, you know, like kind of think, think on their feet, right? I agree with you for sure. I agree. Yeah. And I love that analogy of the training wheels. It's like once you can break free of those training wheels, you're a cyclist, man. You're like powering down that highway. Yeah. And you just need those training wheels to get started. And everyone does. Everyone needs training wheels to start when you ride a bike. Yeah. As you know, when you're learning how to ride a bike, if you don't have training wheels, number one, you're you're just gonna fall over. And then, you know, like I don't know about you, but if if I'm not seeing like, you know, like quick wins, it's so easy to feel discouraged, right? So so by having just like a little bit of training wheels, you know, like get them some quick wins and they're like, Oh, it's not so bad. So now they they feel more encouraged and yeah, they're just gonna keep going, right? You know, it's about like setting them up to succeed early on and feel good and gather those positive social experiences, right? Because so many guys have had a lot of negative ones. So now they're just like, I'm just not cut out for this, right? So by engineering some quick wins, I think they're a lot more likely to stick with the social habit, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. So I went skiing for the first time two weeks ago. I haven't done that in 14 years. It was awesome. Like it was, I I got back on the hill and I was like, I was like, how have I not been doing this for 14 years? Like my heart was about to pound out of my chest because I just like loved how everything felt on that mountain. But so my son before was like, yeah, I'm going to ski. I'm going to ski. I'm going to ski. And like in his head, it was so easy to do. And then he got his skis on. He's like, oh, oh, it's hard to walk in these. It's hard to do this. And we put him in ski school and he like was amazing by the end of the day, but wasn't so amazing at the beginning of the day and had these like little training wheels on his skis. But by the end of the day, we were going on a chairlift. We were going down the hill. It was an awesome experience, like just seeing him do it on his own. And at the end of the day, I said to him, I'm like, you, you. I love it. You are so good at that. You were, you were so wonderful. And I was like praising him for it. And he goes, he's like, mom, you know why I was so good? And I was like, why? And he goes, because I'm not just good at stuff. I'm good when I practice. And I was like, that is Mm. amazing that you just said that. Like, it's true. He, he doesn't give up. Like that's one thing about him. And even about my husband, they don't give up. They know that you can learn to do something and that the more you practice, the better you become. And I thought that was just so wonderful that like he knew that at that point, like that it's not going to come to you naturally. And if it doesn't come naturally in the beginning, but you still like it, you know that you can get better at it. And that I think is exactly Uh. what we're talking about during this entire show is that like, it may not feel right in the beginning. You may have had bad experiences, but if you collect the right tools, you have the right teachers you can accomplish anything and make anything well, he's going to get so laid. That's why he's And on lucky. a side note, your son's very lucky to have you as a mom because oh, you're right. obviously a very good role model for him. Thank so yeah, you. for sure. You got to give yourself some credit I, too. Oh, yeah, oh I'm welcome. patting my, my back right now. Yeah, oh my God. Oh my God. They're both going to be gay. They don't like don't want <laughs> any of my advice. <laughs> or they're just going to be completely asexual and have no interest because I'm going to try and like pound it into them. Anyway, we'll see what happens. They're very young. I'm going to wrap up the show now because I think that we've given some really, really wonderful advice and I, you know, don't want to beat a dead horse. I think we all talk fast and we've compressed a hour and a half show into 40 minutes and that is good enough for our audience. But Mike, 
I want you to tell people how they can listen to your podcast so they can hear my beautiful voice on your podcast and how they can get in touch with you, do work with you because you sound like a fantastic coach. Oh, thank you. Yeah, just look me up, socialconfidencemastery.com, Social Confidence Mastery on iTunes, Social Confidence Mastery on Instagram. So yeah, it's uh, it's a consistent brand all throughout the web. So it's I'm easy to find. <laughs> And plus, my name is really hard to spell. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. And Kristen and I, but not for the guys that you're working with. Yes, don't even attempt it. But Kristen and I are going to see you soon. Kristen, did you? Oh, sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're all like, yes, I can do this right away. We're, we're going to see Mike in a few weeks. We are what? Oh, we are. So you're going to be in Atlanta? We're going to be in Atlanta at Menfluential. Yes. So if you guys are there, if, yes. you, if you guys are attending Menfluential, come say we hi to Marnie and I. Yes, say hello. Yes, we are definitely going to say hi. Yes. Oh, I meant. To, I thought you meant to you. Yes, of course, we're going to say hi to you. But maybe uh, Kristen and I could do a podcast while we're there. That would oh, be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Kristen, bring your gear. That's actually a good way for us to network too. No, seriously. Yeah. Bring, and I'll bring my, my headset and everything. Okay, awesome. That's a very good idea. But anyway, this will come out after Menfluential, but I'm sure people will... I'm going to make a few videos of it. And Kristen and I are going to talk about it after we get back because we're both really excited to go. But check out Kristen's stuff too. What's your website again? Kristenandchill.com. That's right, baby. Dot com. She's wonderful at bantering. I have gotten the most amazing feedback. I don't even know why people come to me still. They should just know to go to Kristen. But (laughs) they just tell me like how wonderful she is at breaking down the skill set of bantering and like helping to make them funny and great over text with women, which is so essential to building attraction and staying out of the friend zone. So I highly recommend people go check out Kristen's materials and Mike's materials and my materials. You can go to winggirlmethod.com or my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris. You guys are awesome and we'll see you next week. Bye.